Welcome to Rockbrook Church Podcast. Today's message is part of a series called Building Your Life on Values That Last. We know that God designed values for us to live by and to give us meaning and purpose in this life. We would love to hear from you and how God is using this message to give you a new perspective and hope. Email your story to church at rockbrook.org. Well, Celebration Weekend, we put it into our calendar around Thanksgiving uh, to give thanks to God and to uh, turn the corner into the holidays and just have a time of Thanksgiving. Praise God for what he's done this harvest season in our lives, uh, specifically through the spiritual growth campaign. If you're new, um, we, we did this fall is what we call a spiritual growth campaign where we align the whole church from weekend services to small groups, uh, from adults, uh, teens, and uh, even what kids are experiencing uh, in their weekend service around these themes. And the theme this time was building your life on values that last, on godly, li- on godly values that you can build into your life. And uh, I just want to start today uh, with Thanksgiving and uh, I want to start by thanking just some people who really poured into this campaign. I want to start with the small group leaders. Uh, just thank you so much for those of you who were brave enough and sacrificial enough to lead this fall. I want to thank the people who opened up their home and uh, were so hospitable to host a group in their space. Big thanks to Pastor Tom Stoltz, our small group's pastor, and uh, his small group leadership team and the coaches and, uh, who pour into our small groups and uh, then the small group admin team who organizes all that. Thanks to the church staff for uh, championing this material. And uh, thanks to Pastor Kelly and Pastor Tom for their amazing sermons in this series. Uh, thanks to the worship team for the moments that they've created in worship uh, throughout this series. Uh, Andrew Walter and the student team uh, who brought this into students' lives, specifically through the student small groups. Uh, the Rockbrook for Kids team, Pastor Don Ratney and Leah and Susie and uh, all the teachers who took these values, taught them passionately. Uh, thanks to the Just For Me team, uh, that's something that happens at the 1015 service who uh, offer a personalized environment for children uh, with non-traditional learning or emotional or physical abilities. Uh, thank you to the creative team that pulled this whole thing off. Teresa Brown led a lot of that. Uh, this painting was done by a member in our church, Debbie Harmon who uh, she put this together. You probably saw that on the video. And then this painting became the artwork digitally for the whole rest of the thing. And so that was really cool. The video team uh, for shooting and editing the small group videos and other pieces, Richard Robertson and, uh, and people that helped with that, Ezra Robertson, the Jitto family, Chris Brown. Uh, to everyone who bought a book, joined us on this journey, thank you so much. Come on, let's just celebrate all those different people and everything else. And Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, uh, uh, just one more thing before I get going on what we're doing today. With Celebration Weekend, some of you have been asking uh, me about the Celebration Offering. What are we going to do for the Celebration Offering this year? And if you're new, we don't do a whole lot of offerings, like special offerings for different things. Uh, We just give out of our relationship with God, to God, through the church. Uh, But we do uh, do this offering at the end of the year uh, to celebrate what God has done in our lives Come on, can you believe it? He carried you through another year. That's amazing. Some of you didn't know if you'd make it through 2019, and you're still here. Uh, and for, for Lauren and I, this is our this celebration offering. We consider it our Christmas present to God. 
Uh, the Bible says that you, the way you give to God is through the church, because the church is the body of Christ. And so Lauren and I give to this celebration offering above our regular giving, really regardless of what Rockbrook's going to do with it, um, because we're going to give a gift at Christmas time to all our loved ones, and so we just thought we'd include God in as one of our loved ones, and so that's our strategy there. Uh, but with that said, let me tell you the plan. In years past, we've used part of the celebration offering to give an extra month of support uh, in missions dollars to missionaries we support, church plants, uh, organizations that we support, and uh, just to bless them at Christmas, give them an extra month of support. Uh, but your giving has already covered that. Your giving this year has already been able to make us cover that uh, for this year. So way to go. Praise God for that. That's awesome. And then last year, uh, we, for the celebration offering, we gave $10,000 to a church plant in Chicago, New Creation Church. New Creation planted um, just over a year ago in an area of Chicago where there's 200,000 people in a three-mile radius and no new church in over 20 years. And so it, it, they really have had an opportunity to make a big impact. They've gone to two services uh, they're moving from the Revival Comedy Theater into a, a school theater and keeping the two services to have more space. And most of the people that have started coming to their church had never gone to a church before. Uh, so that's very powerful. And it's just great to have a relationship with them and see what they're doing. And uh, this year, we want to give to church planters again. We'd like to give half of whatever comes in through the celebration offering away to other churches, other church plants, brand new churches uh, that have either started in 2019 or starting in 2020. The other half we'll use for some improvements around here. We've been able to use past celebration offerings to renovate a room uh, or, or get a piece of technology that helps us get the message out to more people. Uh, but I'd love to see Rockbrook give $10,000 to two church plants uh, for Christmas, which would mean we need to give $40,000 to the celebration offering. Uh, so that's the plan there. Uh, if you want to give to that, just designate your gift celebration offering. And in two weeks, uh, I'm going to give you more information about the churches, the, the brand new churches that uh, we're going to bless this Christmas. But I wanted to get you praying and thinking about uh, what to give to that and how to include that in, in your Christmas. Uh, I want to take a few moments today and just speak to you as a pastor. The verse God laid on my heart is in Mark chapter 8. It's talking about Jesus. It says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. So let's just notice real quickly, there's different people in this crowd. So many times when Jesus is speaking, he knows there's different people at different phases of their spiritual journey. And so in this instance, he's got like the full-fledged disciples. He's got others who are committed to following him people who aren't really sure, people who are just kicking the tires to see if Jesus is real. And he starts speaking to them kind of to the benefit of one to the other. You do this with your kids sometimes where you're like, hey, I'm going to speak to you, but hey, the, the whole house better listen up right now as I'm speaking to this one. Like everybody needs to hear this. And so he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In other words, let's go. Come on, let's do this. Let's go. Come from where you are to the full potential God has for your life. And by the way, all of us need to do that, myself included. 
We're all still growing, we're all still learning, we're all still becoming more like Christ in different areas of our life. Verse 35, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So in other words, you've got to give an exchange for the things you're currently doing that God, that God didn't plan that for your life, God doesn't want that in your life. For whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, that's actually how you save it. That's how you save your life, by losing it for the gospel, by giving God what he wants. And then he kind of sums us up with this beautiful thought that I wanted to share with you today. What good is it for someone to have a perfect marriage, to have all the house they want, to have the cars they want, to have the vacations they want, to have, to have that dream job that fulfills just all of my passions and personality and quirks and specific things I like. What good is it if I get all that? What's the good is if I gain the whole world? Yet I don't take care of the part of me that's going to live forever. What good is it if I take care of all this temporary stuff, but I forfeit my soul? I don't, I don't care about the real part of me that's not temporary. It's going to it's going to live on. And so one of the things that we're passionate about is making a growth process clear to everyone to lead you from, uh, through this process and to this place. And so we make this process clear in a variety of ways, but I want to say it to you this way today, that basically just like Jesus was speaking to a crowd, there's a crowd here today. In fact, there's kind of four different types of people or levels of commitment in this room and throughout the five services this weekend. Some are what we would call the, the crowd. They're people who have just accepted the invitation to come and see. Come and see. That's the invitation you answered today. Uh, your friend, your coworker, a parent. Basically, when it comes down to it, they said, come and see. Uh, maybe you got that invitation from a billboard or an advertisement. But that is the message. Like, take your time. So if you're new here, we're not expecting anything from you. We're not expecting you to give, not expecting you to serve. We're not expecting you to worship the way we worship. Like our dream is that we would have a church on Sunday morning full of unchurched people. Like pe some people would say, I'm an agnostic, or I don't know what I believe yet, or I'm figuring this out, or I just, I wanted to hear about Jesus, so I came to the place where I know they would tell me about him, and you are, if that's you, you are very welcome here. You can come and see there's another stage uh, in this journey, and that's the people that have accepted the invitation to come and join us. That's the congregation. The congregation. And these are the members of the church. Now let me make this very clear. You first join Jesus before you join a church. Christianity is being part of the family of God. We belong to each other, the body of Christ, and this is the local expression of that family. And there are so many verses in the New Testament, whole chapters in the New Testament, whole books in the New Testament that you can't even fulfill unless you're connected to uh, the local church, the local family of God's family. And so uh, that's, the, that's the people who've become members. It's not an exclusive club. It's just they've made a, a commitment. So this morning, this isn't the congregation. This is the crowd. But among us are the congregation. There's another uh, level or different people in the phase of spiritual growth and that's the people who have said I want to come and grow and they're part of the committed people who understand that salvation 
is not the end of the line. Salvation's not a finish line. Salvation's a starting line. It's a fresh start. Jesus called it being born again. Your life isn't over at salvation. It just, real life just began. And so believing happens in a moment. You get saved in a moment. But then there's a long process where we're becoming more like Jesus. And so that's really what this whole campaign, spiritual growth campaign, and it's built around small groups because this growth, life change happens in the context of relationships. We grow together. Uh, So small groups are closing uh, this weekend. I really don't have to preach this one very hard. We have uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people connected to small groups. In fact, uh, most people are more uh, faithful to their small group than they are to the weekend service, which hurts my feelings a little bit, but I'll get over it. And then, uh, there, and then there's the last one in, and that is the core, the core who come and serve, who come and serve. They don't just attend church, they participate in their church. Like we, we say worship one, serve one. So come be a part of what we call the dream team that has over 400 volunteers of people on it serving together. And you might say, well, Ryland, with that many people, you probably have everything covered. And we're doing okay, but it'd be a lot better with you on the team. It absolutely would. We want to make a big impact this Christmas season. We want to make a big impact, make a big difference in our community in 2020. And I just want you to hear from me today, there is a place for you on the team. There is a place for you. You're not only welcome here, you are wanted, and we'd love to have you. There is a place for you, and we'd encourage you to come and serve. Come and serve. Come and serve. Now, if you're wondering how to take this journey, you hear it in the announcements, but uh, I just want to express it today for those of you who maybe haven't connected the dots, is we've designed a process called Growth Track that ushers you through this process. It's every uh, Sunday afternoon at 1.30, and these steps bring you through uh, this process. And so the first Sunday of the month is step one. Second Sunday of the month, step two. This is the fourth Sunday of the month today, so we're doing step four, and that's to join a team. And uh, some of you, that's your step, and uh, maybe you've done some of Growth Track, but you haven't joined a team. I invite you to do that today. Next Sunday, I'll be doing step one, which is the membership class, uh, where I just explain what being a member means here, what it doesn't mean here, and uh, it's not a high-pressure thing. You just hear that, Take it, pray about it, think about it, whether or not you want to join a church family, because that's ultimately what I want for you, is to be connected to a church family. So this is our process, and for Celebration Weekend, um, I wanted to celebrate a story uh, with you today, and uh, I wanted to give you this framework before he shares his story, but you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, Would you give a warm Rockbrook welcome uh, to one of my favorite Rockbrook people. You're going to absolutely love him. Come on, give him a warm welcome, Greg Ashley. My name is Greg Ashley. Here is my story. I was brought into this world, wonderful world in 1958. I was raised a Catholic, became an altar boy, and followed the steps the religion required. At the age of 16, I decided that this wasn't for me, and I walked away from the church. Worst of all, I walked away from God. Little did I know what plans he had in store for me. I began partying, using drugs. I was cocky, arrogant, and had one heck of an attitude. In 1977, I met my loving wife, Christine, 
on a blind date. Folks, she is the best thing that had ever happened to me. Anyone who would put up with my nonsense had to be an angel. <laughs> in 1978, we married. In 1981, our daughter Jess was born. The same year, Christine felt the need to start attending a church. Of course, I did not. She went without me and got baptized, but eventually she quit attending due to the lack of interest that I supported her with. Now I have a stepson, a new baby daughter, and I realized it was time to be serious and about supporting my family. I still hadn't given thanks to God. Decades had passed. In 2014, our daughter-in-law, Jennifer, became very ill after a birth of our grandson, Travis. Even though Christine and I hadn't been to church for years, we both started praying for her recovery. We prayed a lot over the next year. We prayed for my son and the new baby, too. Thankfully, Jennifer did recover. In 2015, my wife felt God pulling her to find a church. She felt a need to be around other Christians. Our oldest grandson had a friend who attended Rockbrook, and he went here a couple of times, and he said everyone here was very friendly. It was only one church that my wife had heard about, so she decided to try Rockbrook. She immediately liked it. She got plugged into a small group, attended Growth Track, and became a member of the church. Our daughter was living with us at the time, and we both noticed a change in Christine. Jess was struggling with some issues of her own. She was also agnostic. Between the two of us, it would seem impossible for my wife to convince us to attend church with her. Little did I know, my wife and her small group were praying for us to allow God into our lives. I want to thank the women that were involved in that small group and the prayers that they gave us. God was still working on me. One weekend, Jess decided to go to church with her mom. The next week, she went again, and she kept wanting to come to learn more about Jesus. I started noticing a positive change in my daughter. Finally, I decided to join them. I had to know what was going on. The first thing I noticed was the greeters at the door. Their smiles, their handshakes were genuine and welcoming. There were no door greeters at, and smiles at my previous church. The sermon was impressive. I learned more in one sermon than I had the entire time I attended the previous church. I was hooked and I began attending regularly with Christine and Jess. I saw a young man at Rockbrook that I knew and he invited me to join his small group. There I met a group of men who had influenced me and helped me grow in my faith. And I love those men in that small group. My daughter did accept Christ as her savior and in June of 2016 on Father's Day, she was baptized. I knew then I needed to be baptized too. That's when I realized I knew of Jesus, but I had not personally known Jesus. I needed Jesus 
in my life. I knew in my heart that I, know I needed to publicly announce my dedication to Jesus. So in March of 2017, which was my daughter's birthday, I got baptized. I was thirsty to learn more. Not being much of a reader, I purchased a Bible in CD form and listened to it in its entirety. Listening to Pastor Kelly's sermon helped me to understand the importance of prayer and reading the Bible daily. His sermons explained how important it is to repent and accept Jesus' unconditional love and forgiveness. Each and every sermon seemed to be directed at me personally. I hardly could wait to come back for more. Since my baptism, I have gone all in. I've joined the coffee and events dream teams to serve God. I can't think of a better way to spend my weekends than here at Rockbrook. I know my real friends are here. They are warm and loving people. Watching Pastor Ryland begin leading our church has been another great inspiration for me. Seeing this young man so on fire for Jesus is so uplifting. He has a passion that appeals to the younger people as well as us older folks. God is always listening. He is always good. And I know now I can trust him. The recent church campaign series, Building Your Life on Values That Last, had a great impact on me. The section on forgiving helped me understand how important it is to forgive others. If I can't forgive others, then how can I expect Jesus to forgive me? I'm still growing, and he is still working on me. I am ever so prayerful that he will use me to spread this good news to the rest of my family and anyone who will listen. Thank you for listening to my story. That's awesome. Greg, I'll get you the five bucks I owe you for all the nice things you said about me. <laughs> so Greg mentioned a step that Jesus invites all of us to take. And that is the step of baptism. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. And just notice, notice with me real quickly that this was post-decision, not pre-decision. So there's 27 accounts of baptisms in the New Testament, and all of them happen after they accepted the message, after they believed and were saved. And it says, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. How amazing that uh, baptism uh, is such a vibrant part of the church. And baptism, again, it's, it's not what saves you, but it's where your faith goes public. And so... Um, you know, a lot of churches will do infant baptism. We don't do that here because that's really just a dedication of a family's uh, decision of how they're going to raise their child. And so we do baby dedications uh, here. We did those last week. We'll do them in a couple months again. Uh, so we dedicate babies. We baptize believers. And let me just give you the number of the people who let us know on the communication card or through the app just over the last few months. So over this campaign... Uh, whether they are beginning trusting or renewing their trust in Jesus Christ. And so would you just celebrate this with me? Put down your coffee and notes for a moment. And come on, let's get happy about this. 44 people over the course of the campaign begin trusting in Jesus Christ. Come on, that's awesome. 
So cool. Love it. Love it. And so if, if that's you, if, and you haven't been baptized yet, uh, you could get baptized today. Like, this day could be that day for you. It's so cool for Greg how that worked out in his family, uh, Father's Day and the birthdays. But the stars don't have to align for your baptism. Come on, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Let's follow God today. Let's follow God today. And maybe you came today and you're not ready to be baptized. So you say, Pastor Ryland, I promise if I, uh, if I came prepared, I'd get baptized. Well, ha ha, we prepared for you. And in fact, we've got uh, like hair stuff and hair dryers and dark undergarments and dark shorts and dark shirt. It's all dark, so we stay saved. And uh, we've got this here, uh, a shirt that says uh, brand new that you'll get baptized in. And so why do we put brand new on a shirt when you get baptized? And let me just take an opportunity to explain that of what's going on there, what you're saying when you get baptized, what does that express? Take these notes with me real quick. Number one, you're expressing that you're a follower of Jesus. When we get baptized, we're saying Jesus doesn't just live on the pages of history, but Jesus lives, period. Even more than that, he lives in the people who put their faith in him. We're not talking about just knowing someone from history. We're following a living Christ. I love this scripture of when Jesus, it's just after he's raised his friend Lazarus from the dead, and it says, when all the people had heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priests decided to kill Lazarus. This just always cracks me up because Jesus just rose him from the dead. So it's like, okay, well, let's threaten him with killing him. Like, you're going to need to come up with something else there. But for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So it's a troubling part of this verse for me. It says, all the people came, but they didn't all believe. Some of them, at raising the guy from the dead, that's not enough for me. I'm still not 100% sure. I still don't, still don't believe in Jesus. But many, many of the people believed in Jesus, and they put their faith in him, and they went from knowing about Jesus to believing what Jesus did for Lazarus, he could do for me too. So you're becoming a follower of Jesus. Number two, you are beginning a new life. Four important words, new life in Christ. No one getting baptized. Their message is not, well, I was a really bad person and I was a really bad dad or a really bad mom or a really bad uh, son or daughter, really bad person. And I'm coming forward before my church family today to say, I'm gonna try really hard to be a better person. That's not the picture of baptism. If that were the picture of baptism, it, we'd be going through a car wash today and it would be suds and soap and we'd come out clean on the other side. No, what's the picture of baptism? Why did God give us this picture of water baptism? Why is it important that we immerse people under the water? Jesus got baptized under the water. He didn't wade into a river and splash around. He got in the river and was immersed. That's actually what the word baptism means. It comes from the Greek word baptizo. That always reminds me of big fat Greek wedding whenever I say that's the Greek word baptizo. But he got that one right. That one's absolutely right. It means to dip under the water. To dip under the water. That's what the word means. So when we baptize people other ways, you can't call it baptism because it means to dip under 
the water. Now, why was Jesus baptized? It was a picture of what was coming. Jesus was dedicated by his parents at a young age. That was their decision. He wasn't dishonoring their decision. Now he's saying, this is a choice I'm making, and it's pointing to the ultimate choice I'm going to make that includes a cross and a grave. And for us, it's a picture of what happens when we trust in Christ to be our Savior. So you put someone down, you bring them back up. Because me trying to be a good enough person is over. When I died, Christ died. And when Christ was raised, I was raised. When he went down for the depths of my sin, I'm in on that. I went down too. And when he came back up, I'm in on that too. It's as though I was raised too. Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The Apostle Paul says it another way in 2 Corinthians. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in that way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is, say these two words with me, in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And when you're getting in the water, you're saying, when I got into Christ, I became a new creation. It doesn't mean I won't stumble, doesn't mean I won't struggle, but the desire of my heart has changed, and I'm following a new person. What's the third thing that you're expressing in your baptism? Is that is, you're a part of a new family. It used to be all about me. I used to be an individual rolling through this life, and now I'm walking with God, walking with his body, his family, the church. Galatians 3, 26 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's not just, it's not just me that this happened to. I'm part of a we. I'm a sister or I'm a brother. And there's no changing that. Baptism is the doorway to the church. It's the doorway to being part of the family of God. And some people will say, Ryland, faith is a private thing. Like, yeah, I'm here today, but you're not supposed to talk about religion. You're not really supposed to talk about what you really believe. It's, it's a private thing. It's a private decision. Well, not according to Jesus. Not according to Jesus in any way, shape, or form. In fact, He's on record of saying this, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me, say these two words with me, before others, I will disown before my Father in in heaven. So this in front of people thing is a pretty big deal to God. So uh, we're gonna pray, we're gonna close this sermon in prayer. And uh, right at the end of the of the prayer. If you want to be baptized today, uh, whether you signed up or you're just deciding right now, I want to be baptized, uh, right after the prayer, uh, you can walk out to the lobby. There'll be someone at the info table. They're going to have a baptism sign. Can't miss them. And uh, as we worship with two songs, we'll get ready to do baptism. So let's stand and pray together today. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you for these promises. Thank you for new life in Christ. And God, trying to be perfect, trying to be good enough to please you, that day is gone. We recognize that we were far worse off than we thought. We were dead in our sin. But you came and 
lived a perfect life, were a perfect sacrifice, you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And that is how we get new life. God, we are trusting in you for that. In Jesus' perfect life, his death, his resurrection. And God, we're setting our sights on the realities of heaven where God is seated at the right hand. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And there is a place for us. And he is making room for us. God, help us to believe it. Help our unbelief. We praise you today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.